your creativity. We're the podcast that keeps on giving. And giving and giving. Does that work? It, it works Works for me. Uh, we don't get anything out of it. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, so our next guest. It's kind of an interesting story of how he became acquainted with Dylan. Go oh, ahead yes. and share that story. Yes. <laughs> Steve was throwing one of his block parties with, you know, the movies and everything, and I was leaving with Lennon, my son, and we were at an intersection, and it, it wasn't a stop sign necessarily, but I saw a vehicle kind of creeping through the intersection kind of weirdly. Actually, I think it was like a scooter or a motorcycle. You know, so I slowed down and stopped to let it go, and a lady ran into the back of me, and we had a trusty witness there. <laughs> I'm the trusty Shane. witness. <laughs> yeah, that did, was quite a... Did they ever call you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, her, her insurance... Actually, she called me, and then her insurance company called me, but I don't know why, because she hit you. Yeah. Did she offer you more money than Dylan? She did offer me a little bit more money. But, but somehow Dylan won out. Yeah. Yeah. It, it got fixed. Dylan and I won. didn't get charged. <laughs> I, I'm a target. I get hit even if I'm not even in the car. I, in parking lots, when I've been away from the car, I've, it's been ran into. <laughs> okay, so word to it's the wise: just never, <laughs> never. If Dylan offers you a ride, never take it. Run. Like just <laughs> never take the ride. <laughs> that that's probably unless he has bribery money. No, I'm still <laughs> saying, I mean, bubble wrap, maybe airbags. Check for airbags. airbags. They have air, it has yeah. airbags. And make sure it's under the speed limit he's going. <laughs> At least you'll live. Does, does that work? <laughs> that works. It's been a few weeks since we've recorded. It's, it's it been weird. It has been a few weeks. I, I got out of town for a while. It was pretty fun. Went down to Florida. Oh, what, what part of Florida? Oh, eastern, southern, because we went to... Kennedy Space Center, uh, Universal Studios, Everglades, down Ooh, then down Everglades. to Key West. I've been there. And then worked ourselves back up <laughs> to the airport. Did you catch any hermit crabs? No. That's what I did when I was. Did there. you catch any hermits? <laughs> no. Nope. Any we, crabs? We saw. Them <laughs> <a bit>. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't that kind of trip? <laughs> hermit crabs. We're just splitting it. We've dissected that too much. We gotta stop. <laughs> We saw alligators. We went scuba diving. We went on an airboat ride. Cool. It was it was crazy. And at uh, Kennedy Space Center, we got a tour of the place with an astronaut. Whoa. Which is really cool. He's done almost 20 hours of spacewalks. Went up on two different shuttles. It, it was... That's awesome. It was pretty amazing. That's cool. But we're not here about me. <laughs> the show would have a different intro and be a lot more boring. <laughs> <laughs> so what are we talking about today? Well, we're going to talk about what Shane does besides witness accidents. <laughs> and it's Shane Kill, right? How do you pronounce your last name? Uh, Keel. Okay, so I did it right. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. Some people say Kill. Or Kyle, Kill. I heard Kill, Kyle, and Keel. Those are the three. <laughs> it's the trifecta. But you're like multi-talented. So I, where... Kind of describe where we are right now so that people, obviously, they can't see it. We where are, are we? in a sign bunker that's located in Sugar House, 2225 South 500 East. It's on so a really cool strip of uh, buildings that's like, I think it's one of the most underdeveloped parts of uh, 
uh, Sugar House that's left, or one of the yeah. most undeveloped parts. But it's kind of cool because it used to be, like all these buildings used to be art spaces and uh, for artists. So the original guy that owned the property was really uh, supporting the arts community and uh, used to let artists rent the spaces for really like really low amounts of money. Uh, right. And and then he recently died, I think a couple of years ago or a year ago, and left it to his daughter. And so now there's still some artists here, and then they're trying to like like there's a a guy that owns the Brazilian steakhouses, Braza Grill, um, has the middle building, and that's going to be a 1950s restoration shop, but it's also going to be a Portuguese reality show in Brazil. And so I may, I just got to design his like 1950s sign, but it's all in Portuguese. So it looks like an American 1950s classic car restoration shop, but it's all Portuguese and a interesting and it's kind of it's really <laughs> cool they have a whole bunch of they've it used to be called the pigeon palace uh w the building that he has I mean, yeah. he's i mean i think he's probably on the upwards of a million dollars so far uh refurbishing the building and it's but it still looks like artsy on the outside and then on the inside he's, they're like redoing it so the pigeons were booted the pigeons got the boot <laughs> they had uh they got relocated the, the pigeon relocation program <laughs> They're happy. They're no happy. No, no, none of them were harmed. No one, no one, none of them were harmed. But actually, I saved a baby pigeon and brought it to this girl, uh, Tiffany Young, that I just found out existed. I didn't even know. Uh, she's a bird. Uh, re she works, I guess, in partner with the uh, Bird uh, Rehabilitation Center in Ogden. So I found a baby pigeon right when I moved into the shop. And I didn't, I thought it was a duck. I didn't even know what it was. So I put some posts on Facebook and tried to figure out what it was. And uh, everybody was arguing with each other in the comments on what it <laughs> ate. So then somebody gave me this girl's phone number. What did you feed it? I tried bird seed. And I thought it was vegan. I don't know. It, somebody said to feed it raw hamburger, but it wouldn't eat anything. So uh, somebody gave me this girl's number. She lives like a couple blocks from here. So I brought it to her house, and she has like hundreds of birds, like ducks with like uh, uh, neurological disorders and really interesting uh lady that just kind of dedicates her life she also works a regular job too and like dedicates the rest of her life to saving birds wow okay so not only do you save dylan when he was in <laughs> distress like on the street and he needed a witness you popped up yeah i was sitting outside smoking a cigarette probably just on tinder or something and, and uh, <laughs> and I look up. I just heard some commotion, and I looked up, and all of a sudden, I just saw the boom. Are you an angel? Because okay, then uh, you maybe. all of a sudden, then you find some little bird that like needs saving. Yeah, that was like that. W in, but there's so much weird wildlife in this little alley back here. The same thing happened with a squirrel. You saved a and, squirrel. Well, too? I didn't save the squirrel, but the, the there's some interesting animals. He, he was. I've I've never seen more animated squirrels than in the back alley here. I have a video of a squirrel like giving me a little show. It's kind of weird. <laughs> was it shaking like its, it's, it's sh Yeah, it was like shaking its tail, <laughs> it's like twerking. it was like it was like Pepe Le Pew. And I was like, so I got a video of it on my uh, Instagram. Welcome to your creativity, and um. Yeah, we're the podcast that is 
Is yes. and apparently we have to do things multiple times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. The recorder just stopped. So, well, behind the scenes. We had a good conversation, then I looked down and it wasn't recording. But we're back. We're back. Back in the swing of things. What were we talking about? We were talking about uh, we covered the topic of uh accidents, Florida. Pigeons, saving pigeons. Crabs, no crabs. Crabs, no crabs. Um, We were on to the realm of illumination. Um, You were going to set us on fire. I was going to set you guys on fire. There we go. I was trying to refrain myself. Uh, So I think the last question that you had asked me was, uh, how did I get into what I was doing? And uh, so basically from when I was really young, just being obsessed with like inventors and visionaries. Um, and kind of like that kind of transcended into my, like kind of what I wanted to do, but then I was also distracted playing music. So I kind of uh, have always been a hybrid of the two. And then I started doing signs when I was real young. At about 15, I started working at my first sign shop. It was a place called Signorama. And it was kind of a way for me to utilize my creativity and still be fulfilled so I could, you know, have some kind of income yeah, and still be creative. <clears throat> and uh, so I kind of uh, just, yeah, just been doing, I've been doing that off and on and playing music and also kind of being an amateur inventor up until I had the machinery to actually make an invention like prototypes which is one of the things that i'm doing now <clears throat> what have been some of your past inventions um well when i was the first thing that i ever invented i never actually got to make but it was a perpetual motion piston it was kind of like my version of a perpetual motion machine and uh, i did that when i was in fourth grade and it was kind of like uh it was like a it was kind of like a mechanical piston that run it on uh, ran on uh, magnets friction and hydraulics and so I kind of had that a little vision of this this idea that I had in a, in a dream, and then I kind of was one of those things like I woke up and started writing it down, and then that was kind of before I was I had ever made anything, and then uh, so <clears throat> uh, they a couple friends parents told me that I should talk to like the physics teacher at uh, my uh, middle school, and uh, so I went into that, and then they asked me why I weren't wasn't in their classes, and then kind of separated me even more because then I kind of had like three facets to my personality. I had like the music, uh, my work, the, which was making signs, and then uh, and then wanting to be an inventor, but without the funds to actually. Well, and then the foresight of being a, like a saint. A saint. Saving people. Sa- saving, saving pigeons. Animals. Saving Dylan. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We At the beginning of when we recorded the first time, we talked about how me and Shane met, and we'll just recover that now because I don't know what's up with that first part that we recorded. Dylan, you're so, going to find that other part, or else we're doomed. We're doomed. That was good quality. It shit. was. That was good quality. It rolled. It, it rolled. Yeah. So ho- hopefully there's a good chunk of it there, and we can just... But to reiterate, um, I got in a car accident, and Shane was out on his porch tindering and smoking, and <laughs> 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 he was not on fire. He was lounging. <laughs> he heard the commotion. Came I had over. flame retardant clothes on. It was totally fine. <laughs> That's how we met. He was a he saved me, and then he also saves the little creatures, you know, around here. 
like he saved he he practically saved a squirrel's family. He saved like pigeons, like a baby pigeon. The yeah. mom and dad. He probably had saved like cousins of the pigeon. I used to save worms when I was younger, and I used to put worms in the floorboard of my mom's car, and she used to come out to go to work. You put and she'd worms. warm the car up, and I'd be outside playing while she was getting ready to drive me to school. And you put worms and I used to put worms because I thought they were going to catch a cold. <laughs> so I, my mom would like get in the car, and there would be just worms all over the. Uh, did all she scream? The, yo, she screamed. Yeah. <laughs> Did she squish any of them? No, she didn't. She made me take them all out, put them back. You had to <laughs> clean it up. And then, okay, what's your love about music? Like, so you, how many instruments do you play? Um, what got you into well, music? So my biological father was kind of a musician, and I didn't really grow up with him, but uh, he, I guess it's hered- hereditary uh, because. Every single, I've got probably, I don't know, 15 known brothers and sisters, all with different mothers from him. Some of them, most of them I haven't met. A couple of them I have met. Did I've, you do the DNA testing to find out all this? Nope, but Mari wanted to do that. <laughs> Mr. Povish, I don't know. This is maybe. Maybe Maybe. Do it. Well, yeah, <laughs> so, I mean, they're, some of them I don't really, probably don't want to know. Because that, yeah, I don't know. It's kind of a weird it's kind of a weird situation, but the, the common denominator, dom, denominator from all of them is all, they all play music and never grew up around him. Interesting. So I, yeah, I have a half sister. So music's genetics. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that that is a, I think it's definitely genetics because there's 15, you know, variables that all turned out to be pretty much the same. <laughs> you could create a family band. Yeah. It would be really weird. It would be a dysfunctional family band. Well, okay, and then but, but you were part of a, a family band of sorts. Yeah, so when I it? moved here, I was uh, actually filling in for, uh, and we had uh, with uh, this band of brothers, and their dad was the bass player, and uh, he he passed away, and then they asked me to fill in for some shows. So that's kind of I was going through a divorce when I was living in Portland, and then just kind of was looking for somewhere else to go, and uh, they convinced me to move here. And since I did, I fell in love with this city, and it's kind of become my home. I think this is the longest I've ever lived in one place since I was, like, 17. <laughs> and uh, I feel not only do I like it and I really enjoy the people here and all the people that I've met, but uh, uh, it's really conducive to what I'm doing right now, I, I feel. It's a very creative town, and it's, yeah. I think it's, even, as time goes by, even... Even more so. Yeah, it's, it's growing, definitely. I, I, I see people he- moving here all the time, you know, doing other interesting things. And, uh, yeah, it's been really good for, for networking as well and meeting other people doing some really cool stuff. So um, t- tell us about the part of the journey where you were working for sign shops. You know, you said every couple of years you'd move on to a, another one. What What created the jump from that to... Opening your own shop. So basically, I kind of subconsciously, I think, chose that route to create a trade for myself because I knew that I wanted to play music. So, you know, spending a lot of time working on different aspects of a sign shop, you know, I created a worth of myself to where, in most of those places, they don't want to train someone from scratch. So if you have no experience, you know, you're going to get paid less. But if you have, if you have experience doing it, you... You know, I walk into a sign shop and I'll just get hired that day because I've been doing it for about 22 years. 
Um, so it kind of created, it was conducive to my lifestyle of playing music and wanting to travel around and see the world to be able to just move somewhere and get a job quickly based on my skill set, pretty much. And But I, that really wasn't a conscious effort. It was like kind of a, All right. it kind of just turned out that way that uh, it wasn't really planned, but it worked out pretty good in my favor. And you were sharing with us, so you haven't even had your official open house yet. Yeah, haven't haven't officially opened yet. I mean, I am open for business, but if I have. If people want to find you, how do they find you right now? Yeah, so right now I have uh, the website is called venussigns.com. Um, and there's a Facebook page, and then my Instagram, which I'm getting ready to make a business Instagram because right now my personal Instagram is the business one as well. So it's kind of a. Hodgepodge of all kinds of things. A Instagram, a Instagram, and since we've been interviewing you, I've noticed just a lot of people coming in and out. So, how many people are actually working with you right now? Yes. Yeah, so you have right a crew now, there's uh, four people working with me right now, and we kind of, you know, it's, I'm just I've just from being here, meeting people, and uh, meeting people with light. Uh, uh, similar skill sets, uh, trying to draw the best of the best together to try to help propel this uh, this uh, shop into what the the vision of it is. And the vision of it is is to kind of replace all the old, outdated uh, illumination and, and sign manufacturing methods with updated technology and things that are actually coming out now and available now that whereas most of the sign shops that are around right now are using the same technology from like 1992. Uh, you know, as far as illumination, I mean, as far as cutting out things, I mean, I mean, CNC machines have been around for, for quite a while. Just, yeah. um, but where, so the vision of the company is I'm trying to, you know, utilize things like laser wire and electroluminescence and some of the newer technology uh, LEDs to create basically like the flat screen so I call it like the old sign, old signage with like the really fat channel letters with like LEDs shining through translucent acrylic. It's kind of like the tube television. And uh, right now I'm working on a couple patents for to basically make a face lit illuminated letter, uh, you know, that's a quarter of an inch thick and not five to eight inches thick. Wow. Um, and there's just just the amount of things that are coming out now just as far as illumination there's so many it's kind of like it's like the new frontier for illumination and uh it's kind of like now if i feel like i've i finally caught up my skill set to where to like the frontier and feel like now if i have an idea it's actually viable and and could potentially have some worth in the world uh to uh possibly create some alternative methods of uh Making things and and cost wise compared to the, the yeah old so ways, it's that's the interesting thing so whereas kind of like with the branding and marketing of it it's really not more expensive to utilize the new technology because whereas in the old like for instance of a five inch thick channel letter you're having to bend metal you're having to cut the metal so you have the transportation of the metals you have the heavy equipment to bend it you need the staff uh, to to do the fabrication of the letters, the channel letters, to make them, you know, uh, and of, of quality. Yeah, yeah, and then you have the installation of that. And uh, and as far as replacement, it, it, it's more time-consuming for replacement. So where I'm 
the methods that I'm using are creating the same thing but out of solid materials and much thinner. So it's more eco-friendly and it has a lower carbon footprint and actually comes out to being relatively the same, if not a little less, than actually the old methods that are being used right now. Um, so it kind of creates, and then there's also things like laser wire. Laser wire is more in the price realm of, it's a little less than neon, but it, and it has the same characteristics of neon, but it's, it's kind of like an open book as far as its uh, potential uses because it's, it's basically, it's, it's laser, it's a laser beam running through a uh, fiber optic cable and the fiber optic cable is pretty much like a wet noodle. So the product development as far as utilizing that is establishing how it's going to be in a permanent structure. And that's what I've been developing since I've first started the company is developing ways of utilizing that <clears throat> in permanent sign installations. As we're talking, you're like beaming because you're, you're like it makes you excited to talk about. This <laughs> I know stuff. it does. So, what would you say are some of the hardships of this? And the hardships are money. <laughs> money. <laughs> Everybody needs money to get something going, and I, unfortunately, did not come from a wealthy family. Um, well, yeah, I mean, you you have like the twenty family members that. Well, on that side, but that's what, my. But see, that's my biological. Well, someday they may Father's win a lottery son. and, you know, every, the rest of the family are all knocked off. And that's you. You're the remaining sibling. Yeah. You may, <laughs> the, you may win. I may win. Knocked off. Who knocks them off? I, I'm <laughs> just saying. He's not gonna, what are you doing over there? Happen. <laughs> He's building up a lot of good karma with the animals and saving people. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. The, did, so, did the pigeon story not get saved? Because I really wanted to mention the pigeon. I, Should we mention the I, pigeon yeah, story? Yeah, mention it again. Yeah. yeah so, kind of... Just in case that that got clipped off. So when I first got into this building, uh, we were running the, the wiring along the building, the three-phase wiring, uh, and there were a couple hardships starting out. Somebody stole uh, half of the copper wire that we had purchased for the wiring. And I didn't really realize that was a thing for people with steel wire and you know thousands of dollars worth of wire and go sell it to, at a recycling place for $50. They, they need meth money. Yeah, the meth money. It's a real thing. So, we yeah, we covered that. Our that. Shop also. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think uh, I think when I found the baby baby pigeon, I actually thought it was a baby duck when I found it. It was in the back alley behind the shop and there uh as I was back there uh trying not to sob from the building wiring being stolen, uh I found a little baby bird and uh, I named it Duck the Police. <laughs> uh, because uh, because I thought it was a duck. I didn't know what it was. It was a little critter. And then I put a post on Facebook because I didn't know what to feed it. So there was a whole bunch of arguing going on in the comments on uh, feeding it raw hamburger, bird seed. So I tried feeding it some fruits and vegetables, thinking it was vegan. Apparently it wasn't. Um, so... Uh, well, it wasn't like an animal. It wasn't like a carnivore, was it? I mean, so the hamburger probably yeah. didn't work either. No, the hamburger didn't work either. Well, actually, I didn't get the hamburger, but the reason why I didn't is because upon reading the comments that were people were posting, the uh, somebody told me to get a hold of this girl named Tiffany Young, and apparently uh, a couple blocks away from here uh, is this bird-saving vigilante, uh, and she has like a a regular daytime job and then dedicates the rest of her life to saving and rehabilitating birds. And I think she works in partner with or somehow affiliated with the Ogden Bird Rehabilitation Center. 
And uh, yeah, so I brought the baby bird over to her house and when it wasn't And how many hours eating. did it take from the time you found? I the, had it for one day. The duck, the police. I had duck, the police for one day, uh, about 24 hours. And uh, I had them in a big giant box. And then I had put some fruit and some seeds and vegetables. Did you make a little bed for it? No, I did. Well, I put a little patch of grass. I'm thinking, but I don't know. <laughs> he didn't really seem like he liked he didn't it. Didn't make a nest. He out was, of every it. time I went over to him, he was always sitting just on the cardboard. So he <laughs> he didn't like my bed making skills, which are non-existent. <laughs> Same here, ladies. Uh, I'm I'm lucky if I have a sheet on the bed. Um, so I'm gonna get out my question, Steve. Do you have a question for him? Well, I so duck the police. The yeah, band. The so yep. now you're with the band. You talked about playing with Wyatt and well, they're the Maxwells. Yeah, so the Maxwell and Wyatt Maxwell. Yes. Like, where do you guys play? When? How um, often? We play every Tuesday at Water Witch, the smallest bar in the world, and we were crammed in the yeah, corner. Yeah, where is that? It's a uh, 900 South kind of uh, and Temple South West West Temple. Okay. Kind of around there, and uh, it's kind of a tiny little bar, and we'll just. Going there on Tuesdays, we play every other Wednesday. We're playing at uh, the the bar next to Takashi Post Office Place, which there isn't a sign of. And I'm trying to sell them a laser wire sign. If they're listening, they'll get there. <laughs> they're probably one of our ten listeners. Really? I've maybe we <laughs> we may have twelve. Wow, that, we went from none last time. Well, to... my mom has a lot of friends. Okay, so I think Sweet. she's she's. I got just... some people listening. So nice. So, d- as a musician touring, wh- where have you toured? Who have you opened for? Yeah, so I've gotten, well, from first starting off playing music, uh, I, uh, I've i toured with quite a few different bands. I don't even, that's kind of a, but I've gotten to play all the festivals. So, I first started playing upright bass. Uh, I was in Portland, Maine, and I started playing with this guy, Sean Mencher, who was uh, kind of like a rockabilly guitar legend, and he had played, like, Carnegie Hall. He's backed up a whole bunch of vintage artists. So I didn't really know how to play bass when I met him. I just had a bass, and uh, which is an interesting story. But I guess so. He taught you how to play bass. Time. Well, he, so I brought the bass to him, and for an audition, and I showed up, and I'm wearing like all of my sharpest little '50s gabardine outfit, and my I had a huge pompadour at the time, and uh, and I show up to this rehearsal thinking, well, you know. In my head, everyone was like rock and roll stars, and they had, you know, 50s Cadillacs that they were driving. But they were all like had beards and wearing barn barn coats, and they were like just sitting in this little shed, kind of behind uh, behind a house. And we had a band practice in there, and I was like so excited to be playing with them. I mean, that didn't really really phase me at all, but I just thought it was funny, just the way I perceived it before I showed up. Yeah. And. you were the sharpest dressed person. There. I was definitely the sharpest dressed person right for that point, that moment. Dressed <laughs> for the job you want. Yes. <laughs> I know. So, so basically, I didn't know how to play. I was rehearsing, and he was like, well, I really, like, we got done with the rehearsal, and, like, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't even know what the strings, what the notes were. And he uh, basically told me that he really liked my spirit and, uh, and said that if I wanted to do it, he would be patient with me while I learned how to do it. Or learn how to play, you know, because that kind of music is, it's very simplistic, but it's one thing that I found out is coming from like being a trained and schooled musician, it's very, it's more difficult to play simplistic after you've become complicated. So you kind of always 
revert back to simplicity, I guess, when you as your musical skills progress. Uh, and so I, he kind of bared with me, and I just kind of, so I was on unemployment when I first had the bass for an entire year. So I played that thing for uh, maybe eight or nine hours a day. It, it was your job. Yeah, it was my job. <laughs> I made it my job. <laughs> it was a chari- It was a charitable contribution to my lifestyle. There you go. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, I did that. And then maybe six months after I started playing shows with him, I was playing uh, some overseas stuff. And and then we went back to Maine, and then we had a couple shows in Boston, and then I met some other young players that were playing with some older veteran musicians, and uh, so I was like, saw them, and I was like, oh my gosh, it's people my age playing the same kind of stuff. So then we started a band, and then maybe six months after that, we were touring 300 days a year, got to play in 26 countries, um, and and played a lot of festivals. Play, we got to play with, uh, you know, we got to open for Jerry Lee Lewis in Italy, in Texas, numerous times, and uh, and played with shows with Little Richard and like uh, Lemmy from Motorhead doing his uh, Headcat rockabilly kind of band. Uh, just the list goes on and on. I kind of have to resort to my list when I <laughs> say that because it's kind of. Do you it's have a kind favorite of a blur. gig that stands out? I, I think it was opening up for Jerry Lee Lewis in a castle in Senegal, Italy. And that sounds like a fantasy, but it was actually a thing. So and you the, lived a fantasy. That was a, fa- that was a fantasy part of my life. And then uh, it kind of seems like many lives ago because I've kind of teeter-tottered, teeter-tottered from playing, touring professionally, and then kind of doing my own thing, like finding out, you know, working with... Signs, so, so kind of signs were on hold when I was touring, playing music, obviously. So I kind of wasn't really fulfilling the. Uh, I was fulfilling the, the musical creativity part, but not really the applied, uh, with the ideas that I've that I've accumulated in my lifetime. Uh, what situations are most creative for you, whether musically or you know developing? I think right now, I think the, the my biggest passion is kind of uh, utilizing and creating and kind of inventing uh, or embellishing on inventions that exist right now when it comes to like illumination technologies that I can apply into signs, which I found is very, because before, you know, when I was younger and dreamed of being an inventor and uh, the things that I had ideas of were very uh, like impossible to even make a prototype or, you know, they were, and they'll still remain an idea form. But now I've kind of feel like from being grounded and kind of having my skill set go to where the frontier is right now, and that's with like illumination and like uh, I'm calling it sign technology, even though it's it's so many got so many other uh, uh, utilization or so much other utilization. Um, so where did we did we go go into the uh, the ideas that I or was that the last segment? Ideas. I'm kind of, I'm kind of, yeah. <laughs> I'm kind of getting distracted. Where do you see yourself in? I don't know. What's your long-term goal? Do you see yourself giving up the science and just practicing music all the no, time? No, definitely, definitely not. This is definitely have just uh, being able to like my passion has always been wanting to be an inventor. I've been so passionate about being wanting to invent things and inventing things, but not 
I've never been able to actually make inventions until now. Now I have the capabilities of cutting anything out of anything or machining uh, prototypes for inventions that I have as well as I'm also working on prototypes for some other clients right now. And it's Jeff definitely a very good uh, freedom to be able to actually make what you can fathom. And right now, like just the past four months is the only taste that I've had of that freedom. And it's kind of just been expanding at like a an exponential rate right now. And I'm, <clears throat> so yeah, so I've got, I made a record player that runs on electromagnets uh, that's kind of still in pieces. Yeah, you're showing that before. I, I can't wait to see that. That sounds Yeah, kind really of the body cool. of it kind of looks like a 50s tube television. And uh, so the feet are kind of repelling magnets. And uh, there's a Tesla valve that, that the, uh, the, the needle drops down on. Uh, and then it utilizes pyrolytic graphite, neodymium magnets, and an electromagnet that runs on a pulse circuit so you can kind of adjust the speed of the record. And the whole body is transparent, so you'll see all the gears and stuff spinning. That's cool. And that'll probably be done at the end of the year. I don't. I want to finish it now, but I have many other <laughs> important things to do. It'll um, be your Christmas present here. That'll so. be my Christmas present for myself. Maybe 2019. <laughs> <laughs> Dylan, let's go to the bonus questions. Bonus questions. I came up with these just to kind of oh, cool. have, have some fun. And I mentioned one of them to you earlier. Uh, the well, we'll go with that one first. Who would play you in the movie of your life? The movie of my life? Well, you showed me a picture of somebody that kind of looked like me. Yeah. Um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Jeremy Piven was at Wise Guys doing stand-up shows, and he is dressed very similar to the way you are right now. Fedora, glasses... So is it safe Beard. to say that Jeremy Piven stole my style? Um, I would definitely say stole my, my cranial accessories. We have the same uh, uh, glasses and kind of hat choices. I, I would say he... Yeah. He stole your whole persona. <laughs> yeah. No, I he, just wanted you guys to back me up. No, <laughs> such a bastard. The like, seriously, thing. like, what a dick. Like, I mean, yeah, just to go and steal somebody's persona. I know. People are it was probably it him that put the duck there, or the, you know, the he duck probably, the police. He planted the duck. Yeah, I wouldn't put it past him. He was probably one of those like meth heads coming with the copper wire in here. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Maybe not. You know, for Jeremy, slander, if you're listening, I'm that really was just sorry. Jeremy, if you're just listening. Just for humorous jokes. Just kidding. Steve's a, Steve's a comedian, too. Nobody <laughs> <laughs> will pay to see We need to get you over at Wise Guys. <laughs> yeah, nobody will be there. Uh, people people come. <laughs> yeah. So, I don't know if I tainted your answer by showing you that, but is there anybody Somebody that, that would play me in... Well, could he be... Does he have to be alive? No. I'd say Mark Bowen. It would probably be better if they're alive. Well, no, but I would, no, I would probably play there. Mark Bowen. I don't know. I've always been obsessed with Mark Bowen from T-Rex. And uh, I always find myself getting infatuated with people and then finding out that they're science fiction writers. And, yeah, Mark Bowen was a, also a science fiction writer, those of you that don't know. Uh, if you've heard T-Rex, he was a great songwriter and uh, just kind of just a really interesting hodgepodge of a human. And he was just, I don't know, I've always 
I've always admired him and I kind of didn't even really know. So I was like making some of my own songs like for a while. And, uh, uh, and then somebody had listened to some of the stuff that I was doing and, and was like, oh, that sounds like T-Rex. And at that point I didn't know who T-Rex was, but I was like, oh, yeah. And then I like went home and I was like, I'm going to see who T-Rex is. So then I looked it up and I was like, wow. And then I just became obsessed from that point on. And then, yeah, who knows? But he died like before I was born. So maybe, what if I was reincarnated? You might be him. I could be him. Maybe that's why I feel like I have a weird connection to him. I don't know. No, I don't. I can't claim that, but that would be really cool. And the other bonus question is, who's your favorite Muppet and why? My favorite Muppet would probably be the two old guys that sit on the balcony. I can't remember their names, but there is this jazz band that plays every... I think it's the first Sunday of the month. They play at Bar X, and they remind me of those two old guys, the two old <laughs> Muppet guys. And they're like, as a duo, as a drummer and a piano player, and they're amazing. And for some reason, I mean, they don't look like them, but they're yeah. just their antics, their banter back and forth kind of reminds me of them. And it's, that's, those are the two Muppets that have been on my mind, but I do do a good Kermit the Frog impression. Go, go for it. Hey, Kermit the Frog here. I'm broadcasting live from... Um, your creativity podcast. There we go. Yeah, that's about all I got. <laughs> that was pretty good. That was better than mine. That wasn't that witty, though. I could have thought something better. <laughs> so, so where can people find you? Yes, so uh, I have a website. It's uh, venussigns.com and Facebook, facebook.com slash venussigns. I think that's how it works. Um, or is it venussignco? It's Venus Sign Co., but I think I got the tag. Your, just Google. If you Google Venus Signs. They'll all. Yeah, I'll I'm pretty sure. Pretty and then sure that will come up. Where, where can they see a play and whatnot? Yeah, so I play every Thursday. I play at Bar X. Every uh, Tuesday, I play at Water Witch. Every other Wednesday, I play at um, uh, Post Office Place, which no one knows it's called that because there's no sign on the building. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Yet, <laughs> yet, it's uh, yeah, it's the bar next to Takashi, and and then I'll play at Urban Lounge, the Garage, um, pretty much every other place uh, and, and in the city. Prohibition, have you played yeah, there? Yeah, I used to play there quite frequently, um, and kind of I had to give. That was playing there every Tuesday and Wednesday, and had to give that up because of this, and here I am playing Tuesdays and Wednesdays again. <laughs> <laughs> I get suckered into it, but but this has become. I mean, I've pretty much been doing this for like fifteen hours a day, seven days a week for the past four months, and just getting it running. And it's probably the equipment has been operational, and the building has been wired for probably a little less than a month. And wow! So I've got quite a few uh, sign jobs that I'm working on right now, and uh, some prototyping. Some beer taps, some shot glasses that look like shotguns, shells, and uh, some other pretty interesting things. Uh, yeah, anything with signs and illumination. And then I'm working on some new, I just uh, had sold some signs for some new laser wire, which will be the first laser wire sign uh, up in Salt Lake City. And can't say who it is right now because of the city. <laughs> so can tell you guys after the recorder's off. <laughs> Don't want to get in trouble with the bosses. Either musically or sign wise, is there anything that you haven't done yet that's kind of like your 
holy grail? Yes. Or is that always an evolving? Well, it's kind of always an carrot. evolving thing. So, like, I I've been kind of keeping up to date with new ideas and technology that have has been coming out so far. So basically, um, kind of without saying, it's going to be difficult to say without saying inventions that I'm working on that don't have patents yet that I kind of don't really want to. How many patents do you have right now to the world? So three that I'm working on right now. Um, but I can't really. Because the process hasn't been completed, so I can't because really. But you're a badass. You have three patents. Well, I don't. They don't have them yet. We're yeah, well, yeah, they're applied for. We're, you're getting that. They're applied for. Well, I have a lot more pa ideas for other patents that I'm going to once I get uh, some materials manufactured, special materials, which are common materials that are manufactured in a specific way to be able to utilize them the way I need to. Then I will make I will have more patents, but right now I'm. Uh, you are a badass. I'm, no. <laughs> okay. You're totally a badass. He's a badass. In closing, the world's most girliest girl wanted me to tell you hi. The world's <laughs> most girliest. I know exactly who that is. She said you would. <laughs> <laughs> She's very catty. Very catty. Well, thank you, Shane, for yep. lending us into your. Your home of sorts. And oh, thank you very much. Well, this has crawling been crawling around, crawling around in your head a bit. Oh well, thank you very much. It was lovely having you guys in here, and uh, I'm so. It's so interesting how we met with the uh, the whole car accident thing. It was kind of yeah. A, and then we started talking, and you're just just so interesting, and I'm glad you were able to come on finally. Oh, thank you very much. Um, it's been an honor and a pleasure, and uh, thank you guys. And uh, any of your sign needs, come to Shane. Bye. Bye, everybody. The podcast is done, man. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>